Really looking forward to this podcast today because I'm talking to Ricky Bodsford from Bass365, which is this growing social media uh, company platform. What would you like to call it, Ricky? What, what What's the best way to describe your platform? Hey, Greg, what's up? Uh, I, I think, uh, you know, it, first and foremost, it, it's a website, a, a bass fishing information website where we keep up with, uh, with all things bass fishing. Um, yeah, the social media is definitely a part of it, uh, but yeah, I mean, I just love bass fishing, right? Kind of like, kind of like you. Exactly. So I figured, why wouldn't we want to have a great conversation with each other, talking about all things bass fishing, all things social media, the whole landscape of the internet? Let's get to it. This isn't another fishing podcast. This is another fishing podcast. All right. Well, Ricky, um, I'm, I'm just going to uh, uh, prelude this uh, podcast by saying we had a major, major power outage here uh, in, in, in Minnesota, and we actually were conversing for about 30 minutes, and then the power went out everywhere. We, I mean, we were having this great, in-depth, very passionate conversation, and all of a sudden, the lights go out, and it, it just my computer stopped, and we've had to restart. So I, I just thought we'd, uh, we let everybody know that we're actually restarting. We got to go through everything that we talked about in the first 30 minutes and, and just act like, uh, act like it's all new. I don't know if the, the power going out was a sign that maybe we shouldn't do this. I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I, I absolutely not. I don't, I'm not superstitious. I don't believe in, in stuff like that. I think, I think that this podcast is very important. Uh, Very the, the world yeah. needs this podcast. So, um, so yeah. Just first, let's let's talk about and and I, I realize we've already discussed all this stuff. But the first thirty minutes of this podcast, it's just we're going to have a um, a lot of practice with. So I think this this round right here that people are actually able to listen to, uh, you know, the first time we did it, it was a little rough. Now it's really going to be good. So, um, but. So how we know each other, so I film Major League Fishing events, and Ricky is at like every event, and he's running around getting all kinds of content with his phone, talking to anglers. It's it's incredible how much energy you have and how much content you're getting. Uh, it's like rapid-fire questions, and then um, boom, this stuff's out to the internet. I, I'm, I'm amazed at your work ethic. Well, man, I really appreciate that. Um, I think that uh, I enjoy what I do. It's fun, you know. And they say if if you love your job, you'll never work a day in your life. And uh, it, it, I would say most of the time that's true. You know, by this time of the year, it's uh, it's getting a little rough. I mean, we've had a long season. You know, a lot of time away from home. But uh, yeah, so I, I basically shoot for my website, bass365.com. And I freelance for, you know, several other companies and do a little little personal work for some anglers uh, that are, you know, just more my friends than anything. Um, and, yeah, I think we talked about earlier, you guys, the, the camera operators, y'all have the toughest job out there. I mean, it's you know, not only are you you're out in the elements all day, you're lugging the camera, and uh, sometimes those boat rides are not enjoyable. So my hat's off to you uh, for doing what you do because you make it, you make it all what we see on TV, and you make it look easy. Well, that's like the biggest reason why I wanted to talk with you, because I knew that you were eating up with bass fishing. I'm eating up with bass fishing. Um, I've been a, a, a huge uh, proponent, supporter. Uh, uh, just, I, I, I'm, I just, ever since I was probably, I don't know, 14, 15, I've, I've got into bass fishing because I watched the Bass Masters. Um, on TV, and then it's just from that day forward, it's just been I, I can't get enough of of bass fishing. Um, I I love you know I I started as a multi species angler, but what was so cool about bass fishing, what that that early you know Bassmaster show showed me, is that fishing could also be competitive. So um, I just love that aspect of it, and so uh, knowing you know knowing that you're passionate about it. Um, what was like? What was the catalyst for you to get into uh, the line of work that you're in now? Like, what what made you go? Yeah, um, you know, I mean, first of all, how how did you get started fishing? And then 
how did you get into you know the line of work that you're in now? Yeah, so uh, as a as a kid, it was you know it's from my earliest memories. That's all I can remember. You know, it's fishing with my grandfather, my my dad, and then I think it was like 1976. They came out with the 1976 edition Bassmaster Classic. Um, it was either a Terry or a Ranger bass boat. And I just fell in love with that thing. And I can vividly remember that, that photo in the Bassmaster magazine. Um, you know, from that day forward, I, I think uh, I was probably I know, 10, 11, 12 years old, something like that. I uh, knew that I wanted to, to compete at some level. And, uh, you know, fast forward to my late teens, early 20s, I uh, competed at a pretty high level locally and, you know, did well. And uh, started a, a little website called BassEast.com, basically to hopefully fund my fishing. And it's grown into this monster. And Greg, one thing I'll tell you is that this website today and for the past you know ten years, it's not about me. It's not about what I do, how you know, how I produce content. It's about these anglers because I feel like they are they are so freaking talented and overlooked is you know it's true athletes um it it's hard to catch a bass it's hard to catch a bass the way they catch bass that's for dang sure and uh you know i i, I feel like I, I try to do a good job promoting the anglers the, you know the, the guys that need to be everyday names in a household no no doubt and so the the thing too that you know it's one thing to be eaten up with bass fishing to to um you know, if you're going to pursue a career in it, uh, to be good enough, and I agree 100%. Like, I I, I feel that uh, anglers, the top anglers, are have just as much talent as any um, professional athlete. You know, in in a mainstream sport. Um, uh, but one thing that is true is that you've you've really got to you know it's one thing to be an excellent angler you also have to be willing to live that lifestyle on the road you know and both you and I you know we kind of live that lifestyle you know we're 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 at the tournaments um, you know I'm I'm filming I'm basically for an event I'm there you know six days of filming and then two days. Uh, of travel. So it's eight days I'm basically away from home. But what a lot of people don't understand to, to be, you know, to compete at that level, to, to fish all those tournaments, um, you know, you are on the road uh, a lot to be able to do that. But even, you know, even just to document those tournaments, to be a part of that, you're, you're on the road a lot. How, how, for you, how often are you gone? Um, man, this year has been pretty brutal. I think in the month of July, I was home two days, uh, or maybe it was August. I don't even know, but it, it, it's very demanding. The travel time is, is extremely demanding. Um, I'm, I'm blessed to have a family and wife that, that support it and understand that it, you know, it's my passion. It's what keeps me going on a day to day basis. Um, but the other side of it is we've got one more tournament and we're pretty much done. So, uh, yeah, that's a good thing, right? Well, it, it does. One of the things that I like about, you know, what I do, it's, you know, it's, it's grueling work. Uh, it, it really, really is. I mean, it's, it's grueling. But I, I love to fish. So being out on the water um, and, and immersed in the sport that I love so much, um, all of the, the – you know, challenging aspects of it uh, make it easier for me because I, I care about this sport so much and I love being outside. I cannot, I mean, I cannot work. I, I've, I've tried working in an office. It just is not, it's just not good for me, you know? So, and the other thing too, man, is like what's nice about, um, you know, Major League Fishing is I, I pretty much have my, my schedule mapped out for the year. And I know, you know, time that I'm going to have off, whether I want to fill it as, you know, as a freelance um, uh, guy in, in video, you know, if, if I want to fill that, try to fill that time with work or for, you know, projects, personal projects like this, for instance, doing a podcast, it's, it's really, really nice. So when I've got that really heavy camera 
on my shoulder and it's, you know, say 92 degrees out with stupid humidity, um, you know, it. I, I think about that. I go, remember, Greg, you know. This is all, you know, it, it's, there's a, there's, there's, there's a, there's a benefit to it. You know, I, it's, it's something I'm, I'm willing to make that trade, you know, I'm willing to, to, to go through that, that, that those difficulties uh, for the, for the real pluses uh, that, that, you know, that this job provides, you know, so, um, I, you know, I, I it's, I, I think, we we're eaten up with it so much. We love fishing so much. We love the sport so much. We love all the cast of characters so much. Um, all the potential negatives are are really worth it. I, I totally agree. And you know, one thing that a lot of people don't see, and I'm not going to speak so much about you and I, is what these anglers go through. I mean, it it looks really glamorous on the outside. Nice wrap truck. Nice wrap boat. Uh, but it's way more to it than that. The amount of work that these guys put in is uh, is insane. And then then you run into stuff like breakdowns on the road, uh, you know, problems from traveling, problems in lodging. It, it, it's it's way bigger than than what you see just looking at it. And I think their their tenacity is 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 amazing. Not to mention the group of guys that we work with. They're they're awesome human beings for you know for the most part. Um, you know they're they're just a, a great group of guys, and uh, I'm I'm proud to be associated with them and call a lot of them my friends. No, it's it, that's the thing too that you know I, I really enjoy about um, what I do is that you know as a fan of the sport, you know we're we're immersed into it. You know you could look at it if you were a fan of Major League Baseball or or the National Football League. You know and you know, being being basically injected into that thing and being right. all surrounded by players or or and you know being on the field being I mean I'm, we're fully immersed in it you know so as fans I mean we're professionals don't don't get me wrong but but also as fans and historians of the sport it's really just it's it's I I sometimes step away you know and try to look look outside of myself sometimes and just and i actually do it often i go this is pretty darn cool you know um and, and i i i'm really blessed to to first of all i mean I, I i would you agree that you know there's some people that don't have passions in life you know and a hundred percent they just try to muddle through and 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 be satisfied well one thing I'll, you know i'll tell anybody watching this never be satisfied with anything you have because you can always do better you can always um you know shoot a better video you can always you know ask better questions in my case um but it doesn't matter what it is and you know i know we talked about before the the sport of bass fishing compared to other professional sports and man i i have to put it right up there with with any of them you know baseball basketball football these pro fishermen are athletes what they do is uh it's hard it's they make it look easy when you're watching that hour-long show but uh it, it, you know it, it's tough it's a tough deal yeah it's it's i've always kind of like um i've made fun of the idea <clears throat> maybe there there needs to be a different term for fishing you know because uh, than athletes, I don't know. It's probably you know something that <laughs> we don't need to get into right now. But I will agree with you. They work their butts off, um, and and it's it's definitely a, a, a difficult job. One of the things in, in you know before the the power cut off, we we got into like whether you know I, I I've been frustrated that this is still you know it's just it's because I care about the sport. I, it's, I'm frustrated that it isn't mainstream and maybe it'll take another 50 years before it'll be mainstream. Who knows? Maybe a hundred years. Um, I just want it to happen in my life, my lifetime, I guess. But, um, it, you know, I, I don't know, I, you know, what your thoughts on that. What do you think needs to happen for, for the sport to be more mainstream? Um, I, you know, I, I, I said before the power cut off, um, that, you know, I, I like the idea of there being kind of tears, you know, 
there's every boat has a 250 horse outboard on the back now every boat's like a 20 21 footer three graphs up front you know no other sport has the amount of um you know if someone's a really great basketball player they can just get right into it it isn't that expensive you know and what to to buy a basket a basketball i mean you know with fishing to compete you know you got to have a boat just and then to to compete on a higher level um you know you you've got to have some electronics and whatnot so i would like to see it there to be really kind of more of a really minor kind of like a farm league kind of system where uh, it it fosters potential you know younger uh people coming into the sport that might not have the financial um capability to to compete at that highest level right off the get-go um or even in the mid-tier just something more of a kind of tier system even based on equipment that as you go up those tiers your you know you you have a little bit better equipment so right at the very top the very top you've attained the very top that's when you get into the 21 foot boat the you know the 250 horse outboard all the electronics like that's but until then you can, you're proving yourself you don't have to have all that cash outlay in the beginning i mean what are your thoughts on that Right. Um, well, I think that the sport is better now than it's ever been. I think what we're, you know, the products we're getting from Bassmaster and um, what you guys are doing over at Major League Fishing is incredible. Um, I think we talked about earlier that there'll always be something about that five fish weigh in that, that people want to see. It's exciting. You know, uh, last week at lacrosse, uh, Chris Johnson, you know, lost by a couple ounces. That weigh in was intense. Um, and then the way that it's done in Major League Fishing, to me, makes it more like a basketball game where somebody's going to lose on a buzzer beater, maybe win, like Bobby Lane won with that with that call at, at Raycrest. I mean, that that to me is more like watching a basketball game than um, than anything else. Um, so that that takes care of where I feel we're at with the sport. I think it's in great shape. I think. Um, you know, we've had the COVID probably did more to get people fishing than anything ever. Um, the competition part of it, it's expensive. It's, you know, almost looks like a, a elitist sport because you got to have a, you know, $80,000 boat, $80,000 tow vehicle. And then the equipment, you know, it's, it's just astronomical, but, we had Spencer, I was talking to Spencer Shuffield last night, and he made the comment that, you know, yeah, if you don't have live, live or forward-facing sonar right now, you're at a disadvantage and you're, you're not going to win. And then he circled back around and kind of pulled that back a little bit to, to just go fishing. You know, you need to go fishing every day. The more time you put on the warrior, the better you're going to get. And I brought up John Cox. I would take John Cox's career doesn't use forward-facing sonar, um, doesn't use sonar. Uh, so I think there are ways around it. I do agree that the the, the boats and motors for a, a guy starting out have gotten, you know, gotten out of hand. Um, I don't know what the answer is to fix it because it's all going to be on what, you know, what your neighbor can afford. If I buy a 20-foot boat, my neighbors will go buy a 21-foot boat. Um, so I don't know that there's really an answer to that. Even in the college ranks, you watch these kids in college, they've got the best of everything. Uh, I don't know. I, that might be a whole other show with somebody a lot smarter than me to, to answer that one. Yeah, it, it, it is. You know, I, I love all the new technology. I mean, I, I, I think it's fantastic, and I think it's good for the sport uh, in general. It, But it does, it does bother me that um, – you know, as, as, as someone who's young might, you know, think that they need all that stuff to compete. And, and ultimately, you need to work on the basics. You know, if you're, an, if you're a young angler, you get those basics down, you, you know, and, and um, just get very comfortable on the water. Get comfortable with, with fish behavior. And just the more time that you can spend on the water, the, the absolute better. Uh, so that really is paramount over anything else. Um, I've, I've fished with 
terrible anglers that have all the great the greatest equipment. I mean, absolutely terrible anglers. You know, so that doesn't just because you have great equipment doesn't mean you're you're going to be a good angler. Um, but I do think that um, that I I don't know in a, in a utopic world, bass fishing world, you know, tournament bass fishing world, it would be nice to see. You know, like a, like a farm league minor kind of where it's like they 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 put a limit to the amount. Okay, I mean, back in the day, there was a limit on 150, like an 18-foot boat and a 150, you know, horse outboard, you know. it's I, I like that idea. Maybe, you know, you have a league that's just like uh, just aluminum, you know, and you go on smaller bodies of water. Uh, and then that mid-tier, a little bit bigger boats, a little bit bigger bodies of water, and then... You know, the top level of professional fishing, big, I mean, whatever, uh, you know, big bodies of water, you know, loaded boats. I mean, I, I whether that's possible that that can even happen, I don't know. You know, I'm a, I'm a video guy. Uh, but but I, I, I like that. I, I like that. That you know, it's that that that's if I if I could construct a perfect bass fishing world, that's that's how I'd construct it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I don't think that that you know, I guess that's what they try to do with like the Toyota Series and the Bassmaster Opens and then the the BFLs. But you still look at those guys that are fishing those tournaments; they have the the best equipment. I totally agree with you that just because you have the latest and greatest doesn't mean you're going to catch the fish. Um, I know we talked about earlier, I think the one big thing is that it factor. I hate going back to it, but, you know, some guys that you can give them a, a, a mud puddle and a stick with a piece of string on it, and they have it, so they're going to catch them out of it. Um, you could take me and give me all of Kevin Van Dam's waypoints, and Kevin's still going to beat me every time because he just has it. He's a better fisherman. Um the, the biggest advice that I've heard over the years has been, like you said, time on the water, understanding the fish. Going back to the conversation I had with Spencer last night, he said, when I pull up and see fish on my on my forward-facing sonar, I know what they're going to do. I know what they are um, because of experience. It's not because of the units. You take myself or you out there with the same units, we're not going to know. We're not going to have any idea what we're looking at. Um so the biggest takeaway I have from all of this, Greg, is that you've got to spend time on the water. It's just like hitting fastballs. The more time you spend in that batting cage, guess what? You're going to be able to hit that fastball a little bit better. Yeah, no no doubt. Um, so I want to kind of turn more to you and how you got started um, into, into, you know, getting Bass 365 up and running why you decided to to do to do this um but i i guess first you know, have you have you had a has has most of your careers have been within fishing have you had a typical kind of job or what having having a, a regular job that was like i gotta get out of this as quickly as i can and, and do something more you know in the fishing realm so um you know, like I said earlier, I've always been a, a, a fisherman since, you know, since I can remember. Um, I was a cane pole and a bobber and, you know, from a very early age. Uh, so the majority of my career, I was a, a Toyota certified master mechanic. I did that for 30 years. I spent 20 years at the same dealership. And um, it got really hard to make a living. Um, after that last recession, some things changed at the dealership I was working at. And I was kind of piddling with this website on the side. And uh, it got really hard to go to work every day. And um, I came home one day and, I, and my wife just looked at me and she said, why don't you try this website thing and see if you can make a, a run at it. And uh, here we are, I guess, 10 or 12 years later. Uh, it's a full-time living and we still got the lights on. So I guess it's working. So you you basically are you're a you're a web developer. Did you did you uh, learn how to build websites just on your own, or how how did you learn how to do that? Just you know, luckily I had some people around me that were were good and knew what they were doing, and you know, got me started, and and are there now if I need help. Um, 
uh, when I started, I could barely send an email. So, uh, yeah, it's it's come come a long ways in a, in a little bit of time. And I think, uh, you know, my biggest is strong point is being able to, to build relationships. And I've been very fortunate over the years to, uh, I guess, fit in with these anglers and, you know, become friends with, with a whole bunch of them. And, uh, you know, we work together and we, you know, we're friends. And I think that the building relationship part of it is the biggest asset that I have, you know, um, that's helped me be somewhat successful in this industry. So what did you, so, so basically, um, when did you decide to start Bass 365 and then describe, uh, what you do? So, you know, when I'm, uh, basically getting paired up with my angler in the morning. So, you know, I, I film major league fishing events and I, I find out the night before who I'm going to be filming that day, that morning of the tournament. Um, I, I find my angler and hop in the boat with him, get him mic'd. And while I, you know, while I'm doing this, here's Ricky running around and he's got his phone out and he's getting, you know, he's jumping from one boat getting content, asking questions. You, you ask great questions, by the way. And then you hop over to a, a, a another boat and you ask that uh, that angler questions. Um, I notice sometimes you're getting um, you're getting content for a company. Sometimes you're getting content for the angler. Sometimes you're getting content from uh, or or for Bass Three Sixty Five. Just tell me what all you're doing out there and and. Um, and then it's amazing. Like I'll be, I'll, I'll check my phone while I'm, I'm out on the water, and you've already got that content pumped out there. Yeah. So it's uh, basically the, the, you know, the, the number one thing for me is Bass Three Sixty Five. That's how I make my living. That's what supports my family. And uh, it, it's just a, a content website where you know, some of it's uh, homegrown content, some of it's uh, press releases from Major League Fishing, Bassmaster. Uh, I have some great partners. I will tell you that uh, out of all the partners I have, there's only two or three that haven't been with me since the beginning. You know, it, 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 again, it's building those relationships and you know, growing to, to to know the people within the company and becoming friends with them. And I, mean, I, I don't say that lightly because there's you know, there's a uh, there's a lot of trust that goes into what I do, especially on the angler side. Um, building a, a relationship with these guys where they trust you to uh to do the right thing and not you know do anything to to get a bunch of views that could cause problems later on and believe me there's some stuff there but i would you know, never do that um so that that's part of it then the other part of it is uh i freelance for a bunch of companies a lot of a lot of major players in the industry that just you know, I just create content for them, um, daily content from the events, uh, whatever they need. I, you know, they send me a list usually before the tournament, and I just kind of work through that list as the, as the tournament goes on. As far as individual anglers, I have a couple that I do some work with, but it's it's just more just because we're friends, and you know, they need they need some help with it. I'll help them. Um, uh, the anglers are. are or unique individuals and you have to almost know how to, to handle each one of them. It's like a, I'm trying to think of something to compare it to, like a dog. You know, I'm a big dog person. I got a, a big old chocolate lab that's it's my buddy, but uh, you know, a dog, you can walk up to a dog and tell, hey, that dog might bite me, or no, that dog's nice, I'm gonna pet it. You almost have to learn the anglers like that. Like, hey, all right, this guy over here, I'm not talking to him today. And, uh, Another guy, you may know that that. All right, I can I can really just lay it on him today because he's wanting to talk. Um, and it's taken a lot of time to develop that rapport with the guys, and uh, you know, a lot of times I'll stay with them during the tournaments, and you know it, it's just there, there's not another job like it. That's for sure. Yeah, it's you're, you've you've developed. You can read people, you know, and and it's you know I I've worked with Van Dam for a long time. I've I've gotten to kind of learn his idiosyncrasies, and you know, and anybody the the, the great thing about um, 
you know, what I do specifically is just, I, I mean, I'm spending so much time on the water with these guys. Like, I'm spending a whole day with them, you know, and we're having to almost like kind of do a dance. Like, okay, well, um, he, you know, I got to kind of learn how he fights a fish, where, where he goes in the boat. And then also sure. just like whether he wants to, you know, I, I can't talk that much. But when... When the camera's not on, you know, it's this this person want to be conversational. There's a lot of like like give and take and kind of just you know feeling you know each other out. Like, okay, what kind of person are you? And do are you okay with me asking a lot of questions or, you know, for the camera? I try to be honestly. I try to be like a mouse for the most part because I know this is their office. It's, I mean, it's my office too. But what other sport is there? Is the camera guys right there? And can really more than any sport negatively, you know, impact uh, the participant, you know, um, that's competing in the sport. So I'm, you know, I'm I try to be like a mouse. Um, Todd Faircloth really gave me a compliment one time. He's like, you know, I really, uh, I really enjoy working with you um, because you just, I mean, I I don't move around much. I just it's that rapport is so important whether you are out filming with them or like yourself you know uh just working with them getting content from them and them trusting that whatever you're putting up there is in their best interest you know it's 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 uh it's an important aspect of this this work sure it is and i mean there you know i don't know of any other sport where the the camera guy or somebody in my position gets that close to the athletes i mean it you know it and I don't mean physically. I mean, you know, I talked to Cody Meyer, just left my house like 10 minutes ago. Um, you know, he comes and stays here. Uh, Bobby Lane, you know, it's a whole bunch of them that, that it's just different. You know, it, it's, it's just different than I'm sure the guy that films the, the uh, football stuff doesn't go hang out with Tom Brady after they're done filming, but we, we do that all the time. Um, uh, it's truly a unique sport that that I'm blessed to be a part of. Um, but you guys, back to the you know the camera operators, you guys have the toughest job because I could only imagine you're out there filming and Kevin loses a fish because you get in the way. Oh boy, I mean. <laughs> That's got to be running through your mind. I mean, it has to, right? Well, I, I know. I mean, I, I got a buddy. He he lost a uh, lost a fish for an angler. I'm not going to say who my buddy is or what, who, who an angler. You know, and the angler got mad at him. You know, like, <laughs> dude, I do everything in my power. I do not want to be a part of the game. You know, as far as I will document the game, I'm all about documenting the game. And what my what I do, just long, you know with what you're doing and all the other camera guys are doing is very important. And we should, you know, it's not like we should be looked at as second class citizens. Our job is, is, is darn important to the, to this sport. You know, you got to have people out there covering the sport. Um, but we are, you know, it's our job uh, to, to document it and to document it. Well, that is my job. I'm not supposed to be affecting the action at all. Um, so that's, that's, uh, that's how I look at it. Um, but I, I, I wanted to ask you, you know, what, with what you do, what do you, in just social media in general, and also your website, just everything that kind of encompasses what you're doing, what do you find to be, uh, the most enjoyable aspect, but also like, what's, what's the hardest aspect, uh, about it? The most difficult thing is probably getting up the morning of the final day. Uh, easily the most difficult thing. Because, you know, the one thing about it, you and I don't get a day off. The anglers at least get a day off. Um, so that that's pretty difficult, you know, especially if you do two weeks back to back, you're wore out by the end of that. Um, the most enjoyable thing is just, you know, working with the guys you know they're 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 fun the questions the you know the interaction there is it's a lot of fun and on a on a serious note the worst part of what i have to do is the uploading that is the most tedious and it only takes you know one spelling error to make something go really bad um internet can be a, a challenge at times but uh 
generally there's really no downside to it other than just you know at the end of the week you're tired you know that, that's really the only downside to any of anything that i do yeah i mean that, that for me too you know as far as doing a podcast or or you know i, I mean you know i i can enjoy editing you know, but I'd rather be outside filming than inside editing, you know. Um, podcasting, I mean, I, I enjoy having these conversations. I really enjoy I think that's the beauty of podcasting. You can have these, you know, and Joe Rogan has really uh, shown this, is that these long-form, you know, long conversations, there is a, you know, people do want to hear these. And I love conversations like this, you know, where... You just bounce ideas off people and just hear other people's perspectives and just, you know, you're like down. What what conversations are really, if you want to kind of equate it to a computer, like, you know, the Internet, it's like downloading and or it's like or what would it be? It'd be like uploading and downloading information, you know, like um, I'm just hearing, you know, what what your perspective is. You're hearing what my perspective is and you can learn things. And then to have people listening to that you know, and getting uh, stuff from it, you know, uh, is fantastic to me. I I really love that aspect of podcasting. Um, The thing that I don't like about it, and it's just, you know, until um, I make money doing this and can hire someone, and that might be a hundred years from now. Um, It's the, the part, oh, I, you know, it's, it's the writing all the descriptions and, and, you know, and doing all the, the, you know the just the stuff on you know typing on the computer just to get everything out um, all you know the conversations are awesome or or the out you know if, if it's for a video that i'm i'm filming you know out there filming and getting great content that's great i that's fun but having to edit it all down and and that is the the the, the aspect that isn't as much fun and would be really great to find someone to do it for me sometime but again that is Hundred years from now, um, I'm not expecting that to happen. Um, although, if if you know you want to tell your friends out there to listen to the podcast and listen, uh, go to Angling Uploaded, go to Bass Three Sixty Five, tell all your friends so that one day I will make enough money that I will be able to hire someone. Go ahead. I mean, I'm I'm all for that. We'll do our best to make that happen. Um, maybe we can make it happen together. You know, I've I've found over the years it's hard to find the right person, and you know. It, it all looks good. It all looks fun until you actually get out there doing it. And then it's like, wow, this is a grind. And yeah, it, it, I, mean, I, I don't know that I really like that word grind, but it's a grind. I mean, it's, it, yeah. you know, I said before that by the, by the final day, I'm tired. I'm, I'm ready to, you know, ready to take a, a day break and then get back to it. It's a grind. And, you know, we're, I, I, I get the sense that you're, you know, a perfectionist. I'm a perfectionist, so as much as I talk about having help, um, I I really kind of like things to be, you know, a certain way. So I don't know if I would even be good at having someone else like do any editing or anything else. So it's I, I kind of like being a one man band. So I you know it's I'm this is probably the way that it needs to be. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. It's tough to find you know somebody that that is going to put the same effort into it as you are. And that, that's what I always struggle with is, you know, if I'm working, I, you know, and same with my kids, you know, if, if I'm working, they're going to be working. It, you know, it's, it's all about the effort you put in. And I, I feel like what you get out of it is what you put into it, which takes me back to the fishing part of it. Um, now I've heard it from so many of these guys over the years that, whether you come from a lot of money or you don't have any money at all, it, fishing is a sport where you can excel and be successful if you put the effort in. You know, it, it's not about how tall you are, how fast you can run, uh, anything like that. It's it's about putting that effort in. It may take a guy like me a lot longer than it would a, a, a guy with the it factor like you to get there, but with enough work and and preparation you know i can get there and i think that's what's unique about this sport as well um no matter you know no matter how hard i work i'm never going to play in the nba but if i you know really set my mind to it i could fish the bass master elite series or the the bass pro tour
Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So, I, what is you know with Bass three sixty five? What are your 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 plans for? What are your goals uh, for the platform in in the future? So that's a that's a tough question because um, it, you know that the the platform itself is for nothing but to promote the anglers. It's another outlet for the anglers to promote themselves. I, I told you when we talked about doing this very uncomfortable on this side of the camera um I, you know i don't don't like being on camera i love shooting the guys it's it's awesome and i think that the general public doesn't really realize just how special these anglers are because it's again not easy you got a guy i think i said this earlier you got a guy watching a, a golf tournament and to me fishing is much harder than golf because when you set that golf ball down, it's gonna it's gonna stay there. When you set it on the tee, it's gonna stay there. When you go to hit it, it's not gonna move. Tie a string to that golf ball, and every time before you swing, let me jerk the golf ball. That's kind of the way I see fishing because, I mean, you can have the the mother load located and go back the next day, and hey, they might not bite or they might be gone. I mean, it happens all the time. So I think that you know my goal is to to really showcase these anglers and their talents. And, you know, maybe open a few eyes to just just how good they are. And, you know, long term, that, that's tricky because I've got, you know, got a lot of a lot of time, a lot of blood, sweat and tears in this. And uh, I'd like to find the right person one day to, to take it over and, you know, kind of let me just run it from the from the background. And uh, hopefully that'll happen. If not, I don't. Greg, I don't have any idea. I don't even think about that. It's hopefully a long ways down the road. I hear it. Is there, you're talking about the anglers. Is there a particular angler that you enjoy working with more than the others? Do you have a, a fondness for any one angler uh, out there? I, you know, man, I really don't. They're all great guys in their in their own way. You know, they're all different. They're all unique individuals and. Yeah, I'll say that, that Cody Cody Meyer is probably one of my best friends, you know, on, in, in the in the world. We've been friends for 20, 20 plus years, um, and yeah. But it, overall, that you know, they're all great to work with, and I enjoy working with all of them. There's not really, there might be a couple that I'm like, oh my god, I gotta go shoot with him. I don't really don't want to do that. But <laughs> yeah. I, Again, no names, but it's yeah, not, yeah. It's, I, I we, we I guarantee you that it's it's. Uh, I probably know who those anglers are. I we probably you. agree, a hundred percent there. <laughs> and I think that if you had that conversation with ten guys that, that do what we do, the list would be pretty daggone close to the same. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Is so who is the hottest angler right now? And I'm not talking physically, okay? Who's yeah. who's who's the who's the the angler that I mean, I would if if I'm going to um if I'm going to throw an angler in there, it's going to be Dakota Ebear and that's uh, not you know yeah. I'm the guest. I'm supposed to go first. Oh yeah, I'm, I know, right? What? I'm sorry, I, I I had to do it because I feel really lucky to have done a podcast with Dakota like a year ago or right. maybe a year and a half ago, and you know before he just like really blew up, you know. So I I'm sorry, I just yeah that was kind of rude. Yeah, that was really rude. But uh, Dakota is very special, man. He is uh, he's the real deal. He's very special, and another story of you know didn't come from you know a bunch of money he he worked his butt off to get where he's at and uh man i you know i think spencer's going to be a handful for them over at the the bass pro tour next year a hundred percent that that format catch all you can catch is gonna gonna fit right into his style uh, so i'd have to say you know i'd have to say spencer i think dakota man if dakota ever learns how to win I don't even know what to say. He's been like what six second place finishes this year, or something like that. Five. Well, yeah, it's. I mean, it's bound to happen. It's just like the odds are. I mean, you know how this sport is. I mean, you fish that consistently. I mean, you're gonna, you know, and the guy knows. I mean, I've worked with him. You know, I've worked with right. him when he's he's done really well, 
And he's he's got I don't know if it's because he was in rodeo or I you know or he you know he's just competitive. He just like I would be a ner- I I know my my myself. I would be like uh, you know and and a nervous wreck and it's just like he's just got the demeanor, you know what I mean? It's the it. I'm telling you. You'll know you'll learn about this it now that we've talked about it. They've all got got it. It's just what level. Um I look at Aaron a lot. You know, Aaron and I were really good friends and you know Aaron won his fair share, but he had a heck of a lot of seconds, too. Um, Dakota, you know, what can you say about the kid? He's young. You know, he, I, I, he told me the other day how many years he had been pro. And, I mean, he had, he's got a late start. I think he started, you know, later than most. And uh, he's just got, you know, he's got it. Whatever that it is, I don't know. He figured it out. We'll bottle it and sell it and be rich. <laughs> yeah, No, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. What's your approach to like coming up to an angler? Let's say you haven't met Dakota before, you know, the first time working with Dakota, let's say, you know, before, how do you approach a guy like that? Someone who's just like on fire, right? And you've never worked with them before. How do you approach him to get content? Um, how do I approach him? Um, generally, I lead with a, uh, hey, I'm Ricky Bass 365, and I'm shooting for. One of, one of their sponsors and that usually perks their ears up right away um you know i do some stuff for major league fishing as well and that tends to grab their attention um pretty good but without that i mean i just go up and introduce myself and say hey here's here's who i am this is what i do can we get something it's gotten to a point now <coughs> excuse me where um anglers camera guys boat officials will say hey ricky come on let's do a video and that that feels kind of cool you know um but yeah just you know generally i just try to be myself and you know i think everybody sees that you know i'm there trying to trying to help them so you know for a guy to say yeah i'm not going to work with you that's that's on them right yeah no doubt and especially since really you know you're providing a service to them that's been, you know beneficial to them, so it's really in you know in their best interest to to give you content. Uh, so speaking of content, you know I I I always thought that the internet when the internet first started, right, it would be kind of decentralized. It would be like oh you have your own website and everybody would flock to that website and boom you'd have the traffic there, right. Right. It's not really what has happened, right? So we've got the Facebooks, we got the Instagrams, we got the we got the YouTube, and people go there, and, and you put your content on those platforms. I don't really like how that's turned out, honestly. But hey, that's kind of the 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 uh, system that we're living under. Of those platforms, and you're on there, you know, you're on all those platforms. What do you think is the best platform out there, or the best, you know, platform to be on right now? Wow, that's uh, I think you have to be on them all. I mean, I think you have to be on them all, plus have a a web presence. And one thing that I did about three years ago, we uh developed and launched uh, an app, and the app store was Bass Three Sixty Five Live. Which instead of having to, you can get it all right there in one click on that app. It, it, it takes you to everything that we're doing right there, you know, to the website, to the most recent upload, to the live cast shows, to uh, to all the social media platforms. Um, but I think that there's not one that that if I had to pick one, I, I don't know that I could do it because it, it's they all have their audiences. They all have the the good points and the you know the bad points as well so i think if you're going to do it you know just for instance tiktok is probably the hottest thing out there right now and it's kind of worthless i mean i you know in my opinion the stuff that's mixed in with it is not stuff that that i want to see you know it's yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, it's it's a tough environment. Um, I guess if I was gonna, no, I couldn't pick one. I just couldn't do it. it, it you got to be all in on all of them. 
Yeah, and you know, you look at TikTok, and it's just like it's just crazy how it can just suck you in with those videos, the most dumb videos, just on, like constantly just sucking your time away. Some stupid video of someone in like Singapore doing something stupid, and someone in Australia doing something stupid, and they're doing the same stupid thing that the person in Canada's doing because it's trending, and we're all doing the whole world of stupidity going on. So I think that um, for me, this is just just my thought process. I'm more interested in the quality of the content and the quality of the viewer. So if I put a, a video out on TikTok or Instagram or, or whatever the platform is or YouTube, and it doesn't get a million views or 100,000 views, I'm not that stressed about it because I know that the people that are watching it are genuine viewers that want that product um if does that if that makes sense that's why i yeah. think facebook, you know a lot of people will tell you facebook's dead i think for me you know i do some work for a boat manufacturer and they get huge views on on tiktok huge views their average demographic i think is something like 13 to 23 or something like that well, or their their most popular demographic, that 18 to 30, 13 to 38, whatever it is, they'll never buy one of their boats. Over on Facebook, they may not get as many views, but they're guys our age, guys that can afford to buy the product. And I think that that's more valuable to get a thousand views there than to get a hundred thousand views on a platform that the, the user will never be able to buy the product. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, that's important. You know, uh, stuff are a little bit different because, you know, mom and dad can go to Walmart and buy the kid a pack of worms, but um, they're not going to buy him that $900 Steve spinning reel. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so, so I... I, I know your time is limited. I, I, I really appreciate you taking the time out to do this. Um, I, I, I've enjoyed our conversation immensely. I did want to, uh, if you have a little bit of time, I just want to ask you two more questions. Sure, let's roll it. Um, so what, okay, so there's a lot going on in bass fishing, right? I mean, l look at the last, I don't know, 10 years. It's It's gone crazy. I mean, the trolling motor wars. Uh, I mean, what do you think the biggest trends have been in the last ten years? If you had to, if you had to point, you know, point to the number one trend in the last ten years, and what do you think it's going to be in the next ten years? Oh wow! So I think the uh, the side imaging and forward facing sonar are, are probably the biggest biggest things that's ever happened, and you know, in recent history. Um, I think, you know, one other thing I think that's grown like crazy that we, we could probably have a whole other show on is uh, the kayak fishing world and how big that's gotten, how much that's exploded, and how much money's there. Um, you know, a guy can go buy a kayak. He might not be able to buy a 21-foot Ranger, but he can buy a kayak, um, which leads to a whole other different set of problems. But anyway... Um, I think in the future, I think, so in the past, these tournaments always had big weights in the spring, and then after that, they kind of went down. Uh, the technology and the grass and sonar have, have made guys realize where those big fish go. That was always a question, where all the big fish go? Well, now they know. I think what's going to happen over the next few years the fish are going to become conditioned to the to the technology, the forward-facing sonar. I think they are in places they already are. Um, it, I think seeing how the guys adjust to it, does it go back to a, a deal where the guy with a flipping stick and a frog starts dominating tournaments again? Um, I sure hope that because I'm a, I'm a fish-the-bank kind of guy. But uh, I don't know. I, I think... The forward-facing sonar and the side imaging has has got to be the biggest the biggest change probably in my lifetime. Do you think, um, as far as you know, score tracker and that technology to be able to know how all the other competitors are doing on the body of water, do you think that that will become more accessible 
to you know the weekend angler weekend tournament fishing and do you think that that could open up more possibilities for bass fishing man i sure hope so because uh love it or hate it the catch way and release is the best thing for the resource um whether you'll ever see it on a, a you know weekend angler type basis i don't know it'd be nice if they could do it and figure it out um but you know there's so many especially this time of year the fish kill rate they can say what they want to but you know a lot of those fish that are returned alive end up dying um and we got to protect the resource i think the catch way and release is the way to do it or you know catch way and bring your biggest bass in if they want to have a, a weigh in i don't know if you remember the the toyota texas bass classics oh yeah yeah Conrad. yeah I'd, I'd i'd actually uh filmed a few of those for sure to me that's the the best way to do it for the resource it still allows the way in still you know you'll still have some crowds there the guy gets to hold the fish up um but it's not you know not there a lot of fish are getting killed especially this time of year up north uh at some of those smallmouth tournaments the carnage even before they're released is unbelievable and then uh yeah i know the guys do the best they can to take care of them but it's hot you know, it's a long boat ride they're catching them out of deep water if they just were able to let them go right there on the spot um you know it would, it would definitely help the resource so i'm a huge proponent of the catch weigh and release the score tracker um you know it, as far as using it for a weekend angler uh, who's going to watch it i mean it may help the the fishermen know but i don't know that they would get that much viewership um but I, I do i do really feel like the catch weigh and release and they could easily do it because that's what they do with the with the kayak fishing Right, right. Yeah, ex exactly. So, I mean, you know, there's got to be, I, th I think just to to protect the resource uh, and, you know, if, if fishing becomes more, you know, popular, you know, it just makes sense that you'd have to protect the resource more. And so that catch, weigh, and release, that kind of score tracker mentality or their technology, um I just see that as being more of the future. Again, there's obviously limitations, but um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'd like to see that just get impl implemented in you know um, a, a greater um, you know in a in a greater capacity, I guess, throughout uh, bass fishing tournaments. I guess that's what I'd like to see. Right, for sure, because um. You know, again, I, I know that you've been in enough weigh-ins, I've been in enough weigh-ins to know that the fish are, are, are taking a beating. We had a, you know, I live on the James River in, in Richmond, here in Richmond, and uh, every week when they have a tournament at the ramp here by the house, it's you know, the next week the fish you're catching are, are uh, they're just rough. I mean, you know, they, they're the ones that live. Uh, so I don't know, it makes me kind of feel sorry for the poor little guys. Yeah, some... for sure. All right, man, I know you got to go. Last question, what is the future of pro bass fishing? And this is controversial a little bit. For bass fishing to be mainstream, can there only be one professional league? The future of bass fishing. I think the future's bright. I think... Uh... I think uh, more and more people are getting into it. Um, I wish some of the technology would go away, but that's just me being old and not wanting to learn. Um, I think that there has to be one tour. I, I really do. To make it totally legitimate, there has to be one tour. And I could go on for hours about this. Um, I think that... Uh, I think there has to be one tour. I don't know how that happens, but I think there needs to be one. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, I I believe it as well. I think having two tours, and I'm not ripping on bass. I'm not ripping on MLF. Um, obviously, I'm I'm uh, you know I'm partial to MLF, but you, these 
both of these tours are just beating the crap out of each other, taking partner, you know, money from each other. And right. you can't, it's just, I hate seeing it. It's just ridiculous. And then, oh, I'm with bass. Oh, I'm with that. It's <clears throat> as a fan of professional bass fishing. I, I wish that would get sorted out, but Ricky, I really, really appreciate your, go ahead, brother. One thing to add to that, um, you know, to the average guy watching this podcast that, that may not know a whole lot about bass fishing or maybe does the industry looks giant, but it's really small. You know, it really is. It's small. It's only, you know, a, a certain amount of dollars to go around. And right now it's being split between bass and, and major league fishing. And I guess you could say the national professional fishing league's got their foot in the door a little bit. If you took all that money and put it together, right? Took all that money that's going to the three leagues, put it into one league. Then you got guys fishing for, not that they're not fishing for serious money now, but you got them fishing for some real serious money. That's right. That's absolutely right. And it's, it's, it, uh, it frustrates me to all end. I, you know, I'm, I'm 46 years old. I've been eating up with this since I was 14. Um, I just want what's best for the sport and what's really best for the anglers. And, um, you know, yeah, I'm in complete agreement with you. One tour. Uh, but Ricky, really appreciate it, my friend. Uh, great conversation. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah, let's, uh, let's do it again, man. I enjoyed it. Um, I think we got some work to do together. 